Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the your company name here. Studios in Cape Coral, Florida. It's the What's in Your Head podcast. What's up? What's up? What's up? OG5. How's everybody doing tonight? On July 5th, post-July 4th, obviously, if you can do your math or do your basic counting, which is a bit of a stretch here on the What's In Your Head podcast, joining us is Mike, no use for a last name, all the way from a long, long distance of across the river in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike, how you doing tonight, sir? Oh, not bad. Just trying to recover from this cold and congestion kind of bullshit that's going on in my head and neck region, but I'm doing okay. So you got yourself the creepy crud, is what you're saying? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. He's got the creeping yeah. crud. You know what the creeping oh, crud no. actually was? What's that? Dysentery. That's the what they used in World War II. Creeping crud. Outstanding. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I caught a fish tonight. A fish? <laughs> a single fish. I lost one, but I caught a fish. Cool. Interestingly enough, the last few fishes I've caught, I've caught on a worm speed retrieving it like top water and then they hit it i catch it and then i'm like well clearly they're hitting top water and i throw top water for an hour and a half and i get a single hit so you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't the worm my guy the worm is your dog afraid of uh fireworks or as we like to call them sky booms not afraid she just barks at it because she doesn't know what it is and then she fucks off lays back down Bailey, for her first two years on this big blue marble, was terrified. She was just one of those dogs that would bark and <clears throat> shake and whimper. And, you know, it's the only time in her life that she actually doesn't like to be underneath blankets because she likes to see what's going on when the things are popping off. Sure. And so this year we were concerned because now we have Jasper and Bailey. We didn't know how Jasper handled it. And we knew from past experiences that Bailey just does not handle it well at all. And clearly, we're not the only ones because there's a like a whole new line of you know videos and social media movements about pets against fireworks. So it's definitely a mm-hmm. thing. And she didn't give two shits and a fuck this year. Uh-huh. Um, Carrie thinks maybe she was trying to show off for Jasper, not wanting him to think she's a big puss. Sure. I think it's more that after you live through eight and a half hours of a Cat 5 hurricane sitting on top of your house fireworks ain't shit yeah <laughs> because ever since hurricane she's got more jumpy she hears a noise or whatever she'll bark but the fireworks didn't bother her one bit she still didn't go underneath the covers but did not bar- bother her at all one bit that's interesting i was happy because we're you know we, that's part of the reason why we didn't go anywhere because last year i went to my boss's house and carrie yeah. stayed home with the dog and the dog freaked out and shaked and damn near pissed herself all night and now we know maybe on new year's eve because here in florida God, you got to love legal loopholes. <laughs> so people think flo- fireworks are legal in Florida. They're not. They're illegal until you sign a piece of paper that says you're going to use it for agriculture. You know, because all the farmland we all have. <laughs> so the legality is when you sign that paper at the fireworks shop is that you're going to use them to scare birds off of your crop. Right. You know, because you can't do that with a single black cat bottle rocket. No, you need mortars. <laughs> Right. And so, um, yeah, we, I, when I worked at the radio station, I would get 
gift certificates, and every year I'd just go down there and load up on mortars, and I was always that jerk out in the street lighting off mortars, and our neighbors do a pretty good job, so now I don't have to worry about picking up that mantle, and plus when we discovered that Bailey didn't care for it, we didn't do much anyhow. Mm-hmm. But now we don't have to worry about that much, and so maybe, possibly, we can go out and do things, but we're getting to that age where it's like, I've been to 45 years with fireworks in my day, and I've seen them all from the old fireworks in the 70s and 80s to the the big ones, and then the mortars, which I will say, once you buy a mortar and set mortars off, you'll... Roman candles and bottle rockets just ain't cutting it for you. No. Did you ever in your family ever go to a red, white, and boom-esque? It's funny. Every city has a red, white, and boom or something similar. A lot of them use the same name. Columbus had a huge one. And that's one we went to growing up. In Cincinnati, they had the WEBN fireworks. But did you or your family, like growing up, did their parents ever drag you downtown to one of those fiascos? Yeah. I mean... um, I uh, was born and raised in Cape Coral, and we used to go to Red, White, and Boom. Not every year, but every couple of years, we might go down there. And I distinctly, <clears throat> excuse me, I distinctly remember uh, one particular year because there was a vendor selling a Mark Ronson mix CD that um, had a song with Ghostface Killer on it. Nice. That I really, really like when I was real young, and I was like, "Oh man, this this is cool!" Like I, I played that, I played the shit out of that CD. Not to <laughs> every day after. Not that. to divert, but we tend to do this on the do that on the show. Have you watched Wu Tang: The American Tale on? I haven't seen it yet. You gotta no. watch it. You'll yeah. dig it. Anyhow, back to your story. So you bought the the Ghostface Killer Mike Ronson mixtape. Yep. From the vendor, probably on Forty Seventh Terrace. Actually, that particular year, they actually had it closed down um, on Cape Coral Parkway. And I remember it was at the very end before you could get to the bridge. They had some vendors set up right there at the foot of the bridge. And uh, walked up. This dude was selling CDs. And I, I looked at it. And it wasn't anything that I, you know, I, I didn't know what it was. I just saw an orange CD with a star pattern on it. And I was like, I want that. So I picked it up. You got lucky because you could have ran the risk of it being a Smashing Pumpkin CD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I picked it up. My mom bought it for me, and and uh, it had five tracks on it, and I think it was number three or four that was just on repeat all the time. And uh, but yeah, I, I remember a couple of years that that uh, we went to the Red, White, and Boom celebration uh, in Cape Coral. Did you ever live through a fiasco, a public? craziness a public debacle yes during mm-hmm. fourth of july celebration mm-hmm. in a not crowded area can, not that i can recall no the last time i went to the red white and boom in cape coral i'm not gonna base long story short we did the whole sit out there and heat all day mm-hmm. it was about seven eight years ago uh malfunction after like firework number six they all went off at one time <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that calls the end of the show. Have a nice day. I mean, Mm -hmm. camped out for like five hours and the the whole display lasts eight and a half minutes. Yeah. But that wasn't a debacle I remember. Um, Growing up in Columbus, Ohio, they also had a red, white, and boom. 
And as you can imagine, a town like Columbus, it was effing huge. I would imagine. It's just a sea of humanity. Good, bad, ugly, drunk, sober, otherwise. You had the whole spectrum. You had the... Because, you know, in Columbus, especially back in the 80s and 90s, you had a large swath, and they're still there, of the evangelicals, the Christians, and you got the, you know, every other group of people and the drunks and this and that. We were down there. We were well into the evening, parked probably a mile and a half, two miles away, been down there all day. I think I was in middle school, maybe, yeah, probably seventh or eighth grade. Fireworks start going off. Boom, 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 boom. It was cool. You know, it's probably a 15-minute show. I don't know. Sometimes they, they feel like they last longer than they actually do, so I can't tell you yeah. exactly. But somewhere in about middle of the show, before we got even close to the grand finale, tornado sirens start going off. Oh, shit. Now, just imagine, if you will, <clears throat> downtown Columbus, all the streets are closed. Your, your car is probably at the top of a parking garage two and a half miles away just to sure. see if humanity... <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of people. I think the only thing worse would have been gunshots. <laughs> Tornado siren. It was just pandemonium. Now, I'm in sixth or seventh grade, so I was probably 5'8 at the time. Not a big deal. But even still, trying not to get separated from your parents, downtown Columbus, trying to remember which direction to go to get to your car. I can only imagine what it was like to be one of those parents, like a five-year-old or a seven-year-old, you're trying to keep grab of and just everybody freaking the hell out. Sure. It was just pure insanity. I remember, It probably took us three hours to get home, and I think that was the last time we ever went down there. Well, the, here's the interesting thing is, um, yes, I grew up, I was born and raised in Cape Coral and the Lee County area. Northwest Cape Coral, born and raised on the playgrounds where he spent most of his <laughs> days just chilling out, maxing, relaxing all cool, getting chased by alligators outside of the school. <laughs> when a couple of rednecks were up to no good. <laughs> Start planting but, crops in his neighborhood. But um, Had one bike stolen and his mom got scared. She said, you're moving with your auntie and your uncle in Lehigh. <laughs> <laughs> My aunt and uncle did live in Lehigh, too. <laughs> Anyway, I moved, as a lot of the listeners know. You whistled you for know, the trolley and when it came near. <laughs> I moved to North Carolina for 10 years, and I, I spent high school up there and a little bit after. And Was that a culture shock? Going yeah. from a small town Cape Coral to, even yeah, if it was like, a small town, just the, I'm assuming you're probably more surrounded by the agricultural community opposed to the yeah the beach life and florida cracker community yeah so the the biggest difference was well, i mean like lee county and cherokee county north carolina are probably about the same size physically but it's all mountainous and you know the town the actual town of murphy north carolina is very small that's where the bed manufacturing plant is. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of manufacturing plants, a lot Murphy of farming, beds. shit like that. A lot of mom and pop mm -hmm. places. But, yeah, I mean, culture shock. I mean, I thought it was cool. You know, it was a different experience. It was different than the hustle and bustle of being here. Now, I mean, Cape Coral is not a big city by any means. <laughs> when you say Cape Coral, I think it was hustle and or bustle. <laughs> But when you're used to that, 
and you grow up, you know, I didn't grow up in a big city, you know, the biggest city that I knew of was, you know, close by was like Tampa yeah, or Orlando Miami. Know, or, or Miami, if you want to go down South. So oh, know, I always a, want to go down South. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a huge, like, Whoa, this is weird. This is, you know, what there, there was, it was funny because my parents, they took me to school to get me registered and all that stuff. And the <laughs> guidance counselor slash not my, that registered, you weirdos. <laughs> they, uh, the guidance counselor was like, oh, you're going to be riding bus number two. And all of my, but my buses prior to were four digit numbers, mm-hmm. that, you know, and it, it was just funny. Yeah. You know? So anyway, the difference going back to, you know, fireworks and 4th of July and all that stuff, the difference is, is like, you know, in larger areas like Fort Myers and Cape Coral and all that patriotism uh, and uh, symbols of patriotism right around about a three on the volume scale. So, you know, 4th of July happens on 4th of July. Yep. Halloween happens on, on Halloween, Halloween. not on the matter. Saturday after or three days yeah. before. It, it doesn't matter if it's Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's when it happens. And, you know, it's not going to happen again until next year up there. Uh-uh. Um, if it's on, if it falls on a Sunday, it happens the Saturday before because you're in the Bible belt up there. So oh, it's very yeah. like, no mess like, around on God's day. <clears throat> that's right. So, and if it was during the work week, it went to the prior Saturday. You know, if it was on Monday or Tuesday, you had to wait all week to get to that that Saturday. So I knew I, I had friends and stuff like that down here that were like, you know, already the did their celebration and stuff of like the tobacco, that. Forget about it. Yeah. So it was just it was a weird thing, you know, Fourth of July, and I mean, obviously Christmas was Christmas and New Year's was New Year's, and you know that's that all stayed the same, but you know, the, the independence type holiday and, and, uh, Halloween and, you know, Easter was Easter because, you know, uh, religion and all that stuff. But, but yeah, the other holidays that you had off, um, that involved family and kids and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they were always on the weekend and I always thought that that was interesting and weird. Um, cause it was like, you're not really, you're celebrating it, but it's not the same. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind you of know? the way it is. I don't know. Down here, I think they do the same thing. I don't think they celebrate it so much on the day of as they do when it's more convenient for those involved. Sure. But red, white, and boom was yesterday. Yeah. Well, that's true. You cause know? yeah. Um, it's, it's still celebrated on the day. You know, maybe maybe people will say, "Well, fuck that! I'm not going to deal with that. I don't want to go downtown or whatever." Yeah, we'll we'll just blow some shit up on Saturday or whatever, and that's there's our Independence Day. That's I fine. always love the drunk guy who can't quite wait for it to get dark enough. <laughs> they yeah, start, they start letting the mortars off when the sun's still up. It's like, dude, you can barely see it. I had mortars just going off just about that one mortar. Thirty was $15. minutes ago, dollars. <laughs> you can't wait twenty minutes and three more beers. Nope. But um. Nope. You know, kind of like we were saying earlier, when you light off a mortar, going back to a bottle rocket or a pack of black cats and some Roman candles just doesn't cut it. Well, 
That's same, when stupid shit starts to happen. Well, the same thing happens when you get <clears throat> to go out to the basically launch site of a red, <clears throat> white, and boom. Now, when I worked at the radio station, Stan, Dave, and myself got invited out by the chief of the Seminole, uh, the Seminole Fire Department in Immokalee because they had to set up trucks around the launch site in case of a, of a fire. Sure. And Dave was drunker than dog shit. <laughs> we had an event that day at the casino, and all the Stan Haney listeners were giving him shots of Fireball. This is where he got the nickname of Fireball Dave. <sighs> How long ago was this? Three, four. This is like right smack dab in the middle of my career in radio, so about seven, eight years ago now. Um, so we get out there. We have a show. Haney leaves. No, they got a hotel room. Haney goes up to his hotel room, I think. And Dave is getting people just buying him shots of Fireball. New York James is buying him shots, and everybody else who came out there, I think the Guardian was buying him shots. And at some point, he's walking through Seminole Casino with a cigarette in his mouth, lit, <laughs> walking through the non-smoking section, drunker than hell. And we know the fire chief has come to pick us up. We're going to take a ride in his truck out to the launch area. Mm-hmm. And Dave is just being full-blown Dave, belligerent as hell, drunk as hell, stumbling all over the place. So I scoop him up. And if you don't know about this about me, my biggest pet peeve are sloppy drunks. I hate having to babysit sloppy drunks in public. Yeah. It's just it's a turnoff to me. I, chick, dude, what have you? You're if I more often than not, unless I'm in a business environment like we were that night, I just let you go off and. Whatever happens to you, happens to you. You're not, you're not my circus. You're not my monkey. But in yeah. this case, it was my circus, and he was my monkey. And so the fire chief comes, and Stan gets in front, and me and Dave get in the back. Now, I'm going to be sensitive about this, but Dave was not being sensitive about this because he was about five shots of fireball in. When you get into a mockley, there's a certain community of people that live there. And one of the things you'll notice is roosters and chickens have free roam of the town. Mm-hmm. And Dave, being from L.A. and California and thinking he's a cholo and thinking he's immersed himself in certain cultures. Before getting drunk, he made one or two comments about cockfighting rings. Where can I go to see the cockfights? Okay, Dave, shut up. One, <laughs> it's not funny. Two, it's not appropriate. But now he is five fireballs into this in a truck in the back seat with a Native American fire chief. And he starts talking about cockfighting. And we're there as a sponsored event. And Stan's looking at me like, shut him the fuck up. So I'm like whispering, Dave, I got my hand. I was like, shut up. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like what, man? I just want to know about words cockfighting. I was like, shut. I'm like trying to get him to shut up. He, he finally shuts up. We get out to this field, and the only other people out there are other people from the Seminole community. They got some cars parked there, and the kids, and they got their, they got their uh, chairs out there. And we're literally probably 50 yards, maybe 100 yards, we're on the other side of the fence of the horse pasture where they're launching these fireworks off. And these aren't like, these are the same ones you, you know, they shoot off casinos and, you yeah. know, baseball events. They're the real deal, Holyfield. And we're waiting. Now, one of the problems when you drink a lot is, well, you got to take a piss. Mm-hmm. And we're out in the field. No trees to be had. 
surrounded by people and children. To which point Dave just walks to the back of the truck, facing families, proceeds to unzip his pants, pull his cock out, and start to piss. And I'm like, I gotta walk up to him, like turn him so he like his genitals are facing the fucking truck. We're not trying. And long story short, I'm fighting him the whole goddamn night. And it was an, it, like my worst case scenario. I hate babysitting people. Now we're in a work environment. But despite all that, this runt the fireworks for Stan and I forever because when you were sitting that close to the launch site and you literally breaking your neck looking straight up going to a public event where you're sitting amongst thousands of people it's not the same it's like being at backstage at a concert and then all of a sudden finding yourself in the nosebleeds of a stadium trying to watch the same band so like ever since then I haven't really tried to go back to a public display of fireworks because you just you're not going to beat that. But he was so goddamn drunk, and it was so embarrassing. But I now for reference, mm-hmm. did you know Dave prior to radio, or did you meet him during radio? I knew him from the Stan Hayes show because before I ever worked for them, I was a listener. I was a listener for fight forever. When I moved down here in 04, I had we started at computers. I had a fleet van that just had an AM FM radio. There was no CD ROM. There was no tape deck. And so yeah. driving around all day, you listen to the radio. Well. You get tired of hearing the same playlist played at the same time every goddamn day. Yeah. And so I would listen to Wink News Radio starting in the morning. I would listen to um I would listen to whatever I think K Rock's early morning show was at the time. It was um oh geez, it was uh Joe Scott's show. And I tried to suffer through that, but this was at the point where he was just having his therapist on all the time talking about his divorce and I just couldn't handle it. So I went over to the news radio and I would listen to you know, all the political talk stuff. And then in the daytime, I'd switch over to, I'd switch it over to Stan Haney. And then at night, I'd listen to Liz Wild show. And I would try to call in Stan Haney every once in a while. And I would call in Liz Wild show. And then one night, it was after Hurricane Wilma, because I still had the Beasley Broadcasting All Access Pass. I had no relationship with them at the time. I was just a listener. And, um, Liz Wallet and Stan Haney, they were all broadcasting from the Jermaine Arena at the time because they were having a hurricane relief event for Hurricane Wilma. They had, like, um, lead singer from, uh, oh, jeez, Bullet Boys is down there. The Cats from uh, Cheap Cherk were down there. The Cats from ACDC, they were playing a a show. And so I went down and was taking pictures just for my own, because I was a diehard radio guy. And I talked to Mickey and, Annie, who was known as Liz Wild, and talked to them, took photos, and long story short, called them a few times. They brought me on the air. Uh, Mickey gave me the on-air name of Donnie Brook, and I started calling in. I was a regular caller, and then um, started uh, hanging out with them. And then at the time, you had Cape Coral Elvis. Do you remember Cape Coral Elvis? It sounds so familiar. Cape Coral Elvis was a guy who lived in a rented property on Santa Barbara, and he would stand out on his curb. He had like a giant cross and a bunch of like Catholicism's type paraphernalia out in the front yard, and he would stand out in this cheap rip-off black Elvis jumpsuit, and he had his hair dyed black, and he was probably 60, 70 years old, had the glasses, and he would just stand out in his yard doing the... 
Elvis kicks and I do remember that guy. Yes, he was. I a, haven't thought about that guy in years. He was a fixture of Cape Coral because he would literally stand out in front of his yard smoking all day, just doing like the worst impression of Elvis. Just we used to drive by him all the time. He was always out there, and if you live in Cape Coral, you probably just had <clears> thought of him. <throat> you haven't thought of him in so long. Yeah. Holy shit! I do remember that fucking guy. Well, we were talking to, about him at. Comp USA at the time. I was running a Comp USA. We were talking about him. And um, I just started this relationship with the Liz Wild show. I was trying to get on, you know, try to become part of the show. I really want to get in radio. No radio experience at this time. A person I worked with brought me this VHS tape and said, You've got to see this. And this is probably 2000. I don't know. What's the date on this? 2005. So this is 2005. <laughs> They gave me this VHS tape, and I take it home. And there were copies of this tape floating around Cape Coral. At the time, Tom Green had a late-night show. Yeah. And he had this contest of, hey, send me a video of something interesting or crazy from your town, and if you win, I'll come out and hang out, and we'll feature this thing on my show. And so these kids who filmed this video, fuck it, we got Cape Coral Elvis. What more do you need? Yeah. And so they get their camcorder, and they go over to Cape Coral Elvis's house, and they're talking to him, interviewing him. And uh, his yard was crazy. He had, like, a cross out there, uh, Virgin Mary, and all kinds of Catholicism paraphernalia on the yard. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel free saying this because I'm pretty sure he's passed away by now because this was, God, 2005. It's 2023, so he was 60 of them. And... They say, hey, can we go in your house? He said, yeah, but one at a time. They go into his house. And it's the most insane thing you can think of. Because here's a guy who dresses up like Elvis, dances around his front yard, kicking karate chops, and has this Virgin Mary and all this church-based paraphernalia out in his yard. And you go in his house, and he has more paraphernalia in his house. He has like a five-foot-tall crucifix laying on the floor in his bedroom. And all that's fine. But where it gets crazy, he has cutouts from probably years worth of playgirls just mounted all over his wall, just just naked dudes and cocks everywhere you looked as this camera panned around. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, is it on YouTube? Yeah. Really? It made it to yes. YouTube? That's insane. Yes. I'm surprised. They, it, I actually have the VHS tape of this. I will send it to you. And yeah, so as they're going through the room, the, like the camera, the, it was like two guys and a girl, and they're like completely shocked because it's everybody's into porn. Mm. That's fine, mm. but when you have naked dudes in the same room as a six foot crucifix laying on the floor, you're just getting bent both ways. You're like, what the? Hell? It wasn't like there wasn't any. Sex, it was just naked dudes all over the place yeah and uh so i'm telling annie and mickey about this and they watched the video like oh man well we happened to go bowling one night and he and his brother were there and i said "Ooh, hey Annie's like go book him for the show i said oh sweet i just got me a gig working radio <laughs> went down hey uh i'm i uh i'm i book guests for the this <laughs> wild show on 96 k rock we'd love to have you on we saw this video we would love to talk to you about it and he yeah. agreed to come on, 
And the night he was getting ready to come on was the night that they got fired. It was like right before the show, and I said, you guys aren't going on tonight. So that was, an, it was like the night my first premiere on radio as far as I'd been down there before, been on the air. But like the night I booked my first guest and actually was creating content for a radio show. Yeah. This night they got fired. That fucking blows. And so I know Dave worked for Stan Haney at the time. And a long story short, I'd called in Stan Haney's show after long after they got fired, and Stan was complaining about his computer one day, and I'd call and say, hey, I can fix it. Not only can I fix it, I can do it remotely, so I don't have to come to your house. Which, when you've been in the radio for as long as they have, and you've been in the same area, the last thing you want is just fanboys coming to your house, you know? Yeah. So the fact that I can fix your computer, I don't have to come to your house, and you can watch what I'm doing, make sure I'm not looking at shit you don't want me to see. So I, I remote and fixed both their site, their computers, and then after a while, they reached out and said, hey, do you know anything about Facebook? So I ran their Facebook page for you know for free for like three or four years and then um one thing led to another then they called me and asked me i want to produce a show and that's how i got on radio it was just as a computer repairman and a facebook guy nice so i did their website and their facebook page for about four years before i even technically worked for them but that's how i because as they were talking about stuff on the radio i was driving around in my van and so when they're talking about stuff going on in town i would stop there take pictures of it and send it to their email or send it through their Facebook Messenger, and they could talk about it in real time. And yeah. while they're talking about stuff going on, it was I was posting it to their Facebook page if it was happening in Cape Coral or if I was in the area. And so... No shit. I can't believe that video is on YouTube. That's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <sighs> you know, I wanted to touch on something real quick. We won't get too deep into it, but we're all familiar with the Titan sub and how it imploded, and it's a god-awful story. One of the things that concerns me, now look, I get comedians and jokes and this and that, and that's fine. You want to make fun of the pilot, the fact that he has videotapes saying, you know, a lot of submersible companies, when they start, they hire ex-Navy guys with submarine experience. Well, we're not doing that because we're not hiring 50-year-old white guys because they're not inspiring. We want to hire 20-year-old kids. And just made all these bad bad choices. That's fine. You want to make fun of the guy, that's fine. But as all that news was breaking, right? Mm-hmm. All the stories, all the video clips you saw on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, almost 100% across the board was like total lack of, you know, just complete disregard for human life. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, these people could afford a $250,000 boat trip to the bottom of the ocean and they died. Chumps, suckers. Yeah. And it's like, not counting the dickhead who ran this business, but four people are fucking dead, including a 19-year-old who took a Rubik's Cube because he wanted to set a world record of the deepest solving of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like, if these tickets were 50 bucks, people would have been ripped shit pissed. Somebody's got to be held accountable. Oh, yeah. But because they were $250,000, their life don't mean anything? It was it was for the elites. And I saw a great headline. Somebody else felt the same way I did, which was Titan Sub creates eat the rich mentality on the internet. But is that kind of like a... Can, will we look back in the future? It's like, yeah, that's when we knew that as a society, we just, we're all narcissists. We don't care about anything or anybody anymore. The fact that four innocent people who went on a sub that they were told was safe even though they signed a waiver basically got crushed to death mm-hmm. 
and with the exception of their families and coworkers, no one gave a shit because they have more than we do. That's gross. Mm-hmm. And I know, yeah. and I'm by no means a Bible thumper or a church goer, but sometimes you got to look at the the commandments and think, you know, even if you're not a church goer, I can kind of understand how, you know, envy and sloth and and all that gluttony and all that. If you you don't have to be a religious scholar or a Bible thumper, that maybe if we took part in some of that it, it would be better as a society i mean the fact that we're so jealous the proverbial we people are so jealous yeah. that these people could afford that they spent more than most people making three years four years of their career on a ticket to take a 12-hour trip to the bottom of the ocean that they died nah it's a laughing joke who gives a shit yeah well it's it's you know it's that envious you know, jealousy where the elites get to do special things because they are the elites and they can do whatever they want. Because well, they technically one of them wasn't even elite. He was just in the lucky sperm club. He was fucking 19. Yeah. And you know, what's worse. It just came out. The ticket was originally for his mom. His mom gave mm. up her seat to her kid. So not only did she lose her husband and her son, she has the guilt of knowing that she was supposed to be on that trip. Survivor's guilt. And well, could this, you know, people who are firearms enthusiasts, whenever there's a mass shooting, we say, hey, it's not the guns, it's the people. Yeah. The real question is why do why does there seem to be an ever growing lack of appreciation and love, I guess, for human life? Because you could say, well, you know, I mean, let's be honest here. Let's be intellectually honest. You don't have to be a fish gun nut, quote unquote, or even a gun supporter. Our country was founded on firearms, literally. Yesterday, we, Independence Day, I actually watched Patriot on Independence Day, because we had a bunch of farmers, patriots, people with firearms, the gumption to take on the biggest military on the fucking planet, Granted, we had help from the French. We were able to separate ourselves from a tyrannous government. Mm -hmm. But I say all that to say this. We were able to do that because just about almost every single household had a firearm, an advanced firearm of the day. Most people had at least a, a musket or something for hunting food self-defense, what have you. Because when we came to this land, it was undeveloped. You needed it for protection, not only from native people, but from bad people. Ne'er-do-wells who came over too, their idea was, hey, I want to do whatever the hell I want. And my point being is since the founding of this country, we had families and kids around firearms. Well, and I think a good representation of that is the movie Patriot's Day. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really good representation of that. It's you know, it it's not. I guess you know. I watched that. I was in the. Uh, um. What's that called? The. Uh, AV club. No. No, the military. Um, 
PX? No, the the USO. Oh, okay, yeah, the USO. I was uh, sitting at a USO one time on base, and uh, Patriots Day was playing. They had it. It's on a big screen or whatever, and it, you know, and it. I was sitting there watching it, and then I was listening to these people like around me, like just talking, not paying attention, you know, not watching, being very rude and stuff like that. I, you know, I I really took that to heart. The story, you know, it's like these people that came over here that had maybe some military experience, maybe no military experience, and they had the gumption and the heart and the 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 will to go and fight for something that they didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Something bigger than you know, themselves. What, what it was going to be. And then I, I sit back today and I look at my generation. Well, you don't even have to go back that far. Just go back to 1942 when we had a bunch of 16, 17-year-olds landing on fucking D-Day. Actually, 1942 would have been um, yeah. Marines in uh, the Pacific. 1944 would have been D-Day. But not to get too far off point, but my point being, and and, you'll, and that movie will point this out, our nation was founded on firearms and family and God. Yeah. And once again, I'm not a religious person. I'm not a Bible thumper. But with religion, the whole aspect of Christianity is family and community and love thy neighbor. And so the firearms were always there. They're yeah. the most advanced firearms of the time. I mean, in 19... 19- 28, you can go open up the Sears catalog, and if you had $500, you can buy a Thompson submachine gun fully automatic. It wasn't a military-grade weapon. You could have it. Yep. And you didn't have these mass shootings. You had the occasional breakdown. Someone would shoot a wife or whatever going to work, but you didn't have these mass shootings. And, yes, our population has grown. And our guns have grown, but I think probably statistically the amount of guns per family is probably somewhere closer. But they didn't have gun safes back then. They had loaded guns in the house to protect the farms and the the people from bad guys. People didn't even lock their doors back then. But they had education. They yeah. educated their children. This is a firearm. You fear it. You don't touch it. Only time you touch it is when I'm giving you permission. You don't aim it at anything. You don't expect to destroy. Treat every firearm as it's loaded. Firearms are dangerous. Then they go to church. Learn respect for the family. Love for the humankind. This and that. Well, obviously the religion aspect of our society is pretty much gone. Now if you're a Christian or a Bible thumper, you got people like me calling you a Bible thumper. And, and you know, there's a definitely a clear war on, on Christians now. Mm-hmm. And you have this ever increasing every day. I mean, it seems like every day, by definition, I think by definition, if more than two people are shot at, it's considered a mass shooting. It's like yeah. almost every week now. There was what one, one or two in like last two months. It was, you know, somebody went to a a party and shot the place up. But yeah. it's happening more and more. And then we have something <clears throat> like the Titan sub where people are dying. Oh, they're rich. Who cares? Ha ha. Better you than me. It's like, can we draw a line here? Is this why, <laughs> you know, shootings and murders and robberies and all this horrible shit's happening more and more is because we don't educate our kids. We don't have the religious 
I mean, once again, even if you don't want to be Christian, I think unless you're a complete sociopath, we should all want to teach our kids the importance of loving their family, their neighbors, and their community. And I mean, the only time you see community love down here is whenever a hurricane comes and kicks you in the dick. That's the only time you, yeah. you talk to your neighbors down here. And even then, it's... it's After two weeks, once the yeah. power comes back on, that shit goes away. But when the power's out, everybody talks because they want to make sure narrative wells aren't coming in to try to loot your shit. Mm-hmm. But once electricity comes back on, that's it. Fuck you. Back on your own. Yep. And so when I'm just... And once again, you want to make fun of the, the guy the guy who owned the company because he went out of his way to cut corners and, you know, fine. But it's like four other people on that fucking boat. And regardless of your jealous the fact that they have the type of money to burn, I get it, but it doesn't... I don't know. It's just, to me, it's kind of gross. No, I... I agree. I mean, I, I don't mean, clutch my pearls and say, oh, my God, I can't make, you know, I'm not commenting on people's videos. But overall, just with the broad, just taking that 10,000 view look down on the situation, it's like, yep, we're fucked. Well, and I, I don't know if there's any coming back. I, I think because of, uh, I think a lot of the way that our society is today is because we're so connected. You know, we, the Internet. We're connected digitally, but we've never been more disconnected socially and um, verbally and compassionate-wise. Exactly. People have such instant access to being able to say whatever the hell they want without any repercussions. And because there's no repercussions to that, it's it's just this continuation, you know, of of just this ball of fucking hate, you know, and, and, and negativity. And, you know, I can say whatever I want. And, you know, that's, that's how free speech, I think, got twisted around, you know, to, to everybody believing what it is now is, Oh, I could just say whatever I want. But yeah. Um, that's a good point. We were going to do an episode on challenges, which we'll save for next week. Cause I think we're on a good topic here. You yeah. bring a good point, And I am, I'm actually wearing the analog 410 second amendment shirt. And I need to make a First Amendment shirt. Um, the First Amendment is not a blanket say what the fuck you want without repercussions. No. The First Amendment protects you from being persecuted by the federal or state government. Right. Means you can't go to jail. You can't be hanged or killed or locked away or vanished by saying fuck Joe Biden. Right. You say that shit in North Korea, you're getting your head lopped off. You say that in Russia, and you say it loud enough, you're going to a gulag, even nowadays. You say that over in the Middle East in front of someone of ISIS power. I mean, look what happened when, you know, some newspaper story wrote a, made a comic <coughs> strip about Allah. You know, people were killed. Yeah. And to your point, People think, oh, I have the freedom to say whatever the fuck I want. Yes, you do. But you also have the freedom to live up to the consequences. Freedom of speech exactly. doesn't mean you're not going to get fired from your job for going on Facebook and saying some racist shit or some anti-Semite shit or some anti-LGBT shit. You know, freedom, it's, the First Amendment doesn't mean you're not going to get kicked out of your church or, you know, punched in the mouth. 
Now, there used to be a saying, you have the freedom to say what you want. I have the freedom to punch you in the mouth for saying what you that I don't agree with. You have freedom yeah. for punching me back. But when the government comes and tells you you no longer have that right, I will stand by your side and fight with you to protect your right to say something stupid. Yeah. And that's long gone out the fucking door. Well, it, and it, it's <laughs> it's not... See, the, the, the message to me has been so twisted that it's everybody thinks it's freedom of speech against each other Mm -hmm. no it's freedom of speech against being prosecuted by the government yep i get to say my piece and because of that i i don't you know there's no consequences or legal action that somebody can take because of that but you know through the government it's so twisted and 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 convoluted now that it's like you know oh well I could just walk up to any random stranger say whatever the fuck I want and I should be able to get away with it. No, you're liable to get smacked in the fucking mouth. I think more people should. I think we should have a mutual combat like Texas. I think people need to get smacked in the mouth every once in a while. We I agree. We are so narcissistic that let me explain a situation. I wish I had the ability to draw the graph where people could see us, but I'm at Starbucks on Saturday. And the Starbucks by my house, the parking lot's very small. And so when you go through the line, you pick up your drink, as you go out, it's a T intersection. Meaning the drive through traffic is going to be in right in front of you. And where you come out is right where the parking lot spills into the main thoroughfare of the parking lot going to Publix and Lowe's. And so what happens is people don't pay attention and it, it becomes a bottleneck. People lining up and instead of going into Publix and making a straight line and leaving the gaps so people can drive down the thoroughfare, they park in the middle of the thoroughfare, it becomes an absolute clusterfuck. Now I get my coffee, get my kids coffee, and I'm in my tundra. And I'm pulled up. And I'm at the end of the drive-thru, and there's a car parked in front of me, about, about a car length in front of her, half a car length, there's another car sitting in line with about a car and a half space in front of them, and then another car with a car and a half space in front of them. Now, I'm at the front of this line, but I'm blocked. So what's going to happen if I don't move? I just got my coffee. I'm at the front of the line waiting to get out. If I don't yeah. move, what does that mean? You're an asshole. <laughs> but I can't move because someone's parked in front of me. But if I don't move, the entire line doesn't move because I'm at the front of the line. Yeah. But I can't hang a right or a left because there's two cars parked right in front of me. Yeah. So I get out of my car, walk over to the third car from... So they have the lady parked in front of me. There's a car. And so my idea is I was going to knock on the window, ask people to pull up, fill that car in a half so that she could stay. I could pull out. And then everybody can go about their day. Yeah. I'm being the night. I have no idea. I just get out of my car. la di da di da Knock on the window. Later on, I was like, what? Yeah, I'm, I just got my coffee. I'm stuck. If I don't move, the whole line's dead. So could you pull up your, what the fuck are you blocking traffic for? 
Because you're in the way. I said, ma'am, I'm not blocking traffic. I just, well, why the fuck don't you get I said, look. I said, I, said, <coughs> I said, look, bitch, I'm not the one blocking traffic. I got my drink because you guys aren't paying the fucking attention. I can't pull out. And if I don't pull out, none of you guys are going anywhere. I'm trying to be the nice guy here. I'm trying to direct traffic so I can get my truck out so you guys can proceed through your day. But just the fact that some random dude walked up and knocked on her window and asked her fucking highness to pull her car up a car length and a half. So yeah. that she can go about her day, because otherwise no one's going fucking anywhere. I was the asshole. Yep. And I'm just like, holy shit, we're 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 fucked. Yeah. And the lady who was parked in front of me, she finally just pulled over so that I could get out. But I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to be the nice guy because I realize if I don't move, eight people behind me lives are going to be affected. I already got yep. my coffee. <laughs> I ain't got nowhere to go. I'm trying to That's, be a nice guy. You're you're just trying to be a decent human being. But it's just, you know, and you're thinking about your actions and, and how that reflects on other people. And so I have a challenge for everybody. This isn't <clears> the <throat> challenge I was going to talk about today, but here's the challenge. And I don't do this all the time, but I try to remind myself to do this. I don't want to sound like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to sound like the, uh, the cooler in, um, roadhouse, but be nice. <laughs> Try being nice to people. When I go to the convenience, like I go to Publix or a gas station, I see a name tag. Thanks, Sheila. Have a good day. They're all, huh? Oh, when you actually talk to people by their name on the name tag, that throws them off guard and all of a sudden it makes them feel good. Yeah. Hey, you saw me for me, not just the bag boy. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. Going to the gas station. How, how often do people still hold the door for other people? I do it all the time. I do. All the time. Yep. Even if they're <laughs> 10 yards away. Don't run. I'm good. I hate when they yeah. start to do the... No, they, don't, they don't start talk. The don't talk. The <laughs> Stay where you're at. Oh, oh, oh. Hang on. Uh, get, no, it's all, it's all good. I, I'm I'm not in any hurry. When you walk in the public, you see the kids selling the, the candy bar, the cookie. Tuck that in the back of your mind. So when you go through, do you need cash back? Yeah, let me get $5. If it's been payday and you got the money. I've walked out plenty of times. Would you like some Girl Scout cookies? No, I'm on a diet, but here's $5 anyhow. Yeah. I don't want my diet to prevent you from getting whatever it is you're trying to sell cookies for. Yeah. Just try to be nice. One, it'll make you feel better, even if you're having a shitty day. And two, who knows? Maybe if we all start being a little more nicer and taking other people's thoughts and problems into consideration. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Somebody's got to try something. Well, I know, and there are plenty of people out there that, that advocate for stuff like this, but. But unless you film it and put over, it on TikTok, no one cares. Right. Over 7 billion people on this planet. And every one of us has a different thought process. Every one of us has a different, you know, way of looking at things and stuff like that. It's like, you know, I, I'd advocate all day long. Please be nice. Please be nice. What if she calls my mama a bitch? Is she? <laughs> be <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's it's like, you know, I, I look at it as, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to, you know, hold the door open for the guy at the gas station or the lady or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to. Uh, and, and if somebody see to me. And this is, it was always taught to me is that like actions speak louder than words. 
And, you know, if you do something, other people see it. That doesn't mean go out and do what these fucking YouTubers and TikTokers and uh, 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 social so media influencers and stuff like that. Oh, well, let me pull out the camera and let me give $500 to this homeless guy. And Whatever happened to the truest form of charity is anonymous. Yeah. Hold on. The truest form of charity is anonymous. All right. People who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse. And we've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Too many uh, 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. It's going to change. And that sure sounds good. But a lot of the guys who come in here, we can't handle one-on-one, -on -one. even two-on-one. Don't worry about it. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. Be nice. Come on. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a cocksucker, I want you to be nice. Okay. Ask him to walk. Be nice. If he won't walk, walk, walk him. him. But, but be, be nice. nice. If you can't walk him, one of the others will help you. And you both be nice. be nice. I want you to remember that it's a job. It's nothing personal. Uh-huh. Being called a cocksucker and personal? No. It's two nouns combined to elicit a prescribed response. I wonder if somebody calls my mama a whore. <laughs> Is she? Is she? <laughs> Be nice. That's just, it's, it's really simple. Be know? nice. That's, that's why I can't stand those fucking social media influencers and you know, as much as we try to get this, this, you know, the podcast out there and, and get people to listen and stuff like that. It's like, you know, there are people out there that make thousands of dollars off of giving $500 or $800 to mm -hmm. a homeless person and saying, I'm going to, you know, you're going to ride around in my Lamborghini for the day and, and I'm going to, you know, buy you a wardrobe and I'm going to get you a chicken sandwich and all that. And it's all bullshit yeah it's not real it's not genuine it's for the views and the views turn into dollars and the dollars make them richer and have them make have that let them have a, a better life for themselves mm -hmm. it's a good system when you're the person that it's happening to but it's bullshit and it's not genuine yeah I mean, a lot of those I try not to watch. I do yeah. like the ones where, like, they'll go to Home Depot or whatever and get some day laborers and take them to Disneyland or some shit and <laughs> take them to a basketball game. I mean, that's that's cool to watch, but no, you're absolutely right. It's nice to be nice and courteous and, and have respect for people and treat them fairly and, you know, don't be an asshole to somebody, you know. Don't start shit. You know, our kids or our, our parents taught us that, you know, when we were younger, don't start it, but finish it. Yeah. You know, 
and that that's just stuff that sticks with me it's just like i don't need somebody to follow me around with a camera and show off how nice i am i don't need those accolades you know i'd rather do it because i'm a i i feel as though i'm a genuinely kind person and i'm doing it as a as a courtesy and as a respect to try and help make somebody else's day better yeah help them out you know it's maybe maybe that person's been having a shitty week mm-hmm. and that one thing that you do like holding open the door or saying hello or saying excuse me especially if it's a dude you. yeah so many dudes no one in their life says hey how you doing it's always yeah. here's what's going on with so-and-so here's what's going on with the kids here's what's going on here and there Dudes are just expected to fucking just roll and just keep going the punches. And so many dudes just don't get any sort of recognition or just how you doing, man. And so you know, those are the dudes who snap. Well, and that's that's why you have your network. Yeah, you know your 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 people. You know, like I've got Ron and you and. And you know some some yeah, but I can't even guys, bother to show up to your fucking tuxedo dress without you calling me and reminding me. <laughs> you fucking asshole! But you uh, showed up. You showed up though. That's the point. Well, yeah, I wouldn't have if you wouldn't have called me and reminded me. Because I don't have <laughs> even, Facebook notifications even, on, so yeah, like even, I, even even though I mentioned it to you like three days before, I don't remember. But anyhow, <laughs> got a lot going on here. But anyhow, um, I get it. Real quick, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it. Have you seen Handmaid's Tale? I've that's on Hulu, right? Yeah, I've seen previews, bits and pieces, and previews of it. But watch it. Wasn't is it good? You see them wearing the outfits. You think, oh, this show takes place in fucking 1482. <laughs> it takes place in 2015. Aren't they like Mormons or no? What are they? Okay, the movie's been out since the book was written in 1984. A movie was yeah. made in 1990, and the show was made in 2015. So I'm not going to give away too much spoilers, but here's the plot. Did you ever read Atlas Shrugged? Probably not. Takes place in 2015. Somewhere, 2017. 2015 is when things jumped off. But long story short, book was written in 1984. And... In their future, by nineteen, by twenty fifteen, human reproduction is pretty much done through overuse of birth control, preservatives, this, that, and the other thing. I think, according to this book in the series, I think maybe one out of every thousand women can give birth. They're just not fertile, or the dudes aren't fertile. And it's weird because... That's, is that based on generations of... It's just know, what happens in the story. Okay. So, worldwide, childbirth is through the floor. And through power, which surprised me. I'm like eight episodes in and the word Nazis never come up, or communism. But in this dystopian future, this corrupt, crazy religious organization comes to power much like the Nazis did in Germany. And 
and it's crazy because I would love I would love to been on the set because this show started recording in 2015 and was is still it's six seasons in so that means they were recording during the pandemic. I would have loved to been on the set to see if anybody said, "Huh, this sounds awfully familiar." In the story, this religious group takes power because there was some attacks by terrorist groups. And so to protect people from terrorism, we need to get rid of the Constitution. And to protect people from terrorism, we need to enforce new laws. Kind of like what they're doing through, during COVID, which is why I said, oh, so long story short, in the future, Washington, D.C., the capital of the United States, moved to Anchorage, Alaska. There's only two states left in the Union. This new government's taken over everything. The United States does not exist anymore. And much like the Nazis, the government officials and the military people have come to power. And they kidnap and force into sexual servitude any woman who can reproduce. And they're turned into what's called handmaids. And they're basically used as house servants and human reproduction machines. And it's like as they're walking to the store to get groceries for their, their masters, you see people hanging. Um, instead of Jews, it's what they call gender traitors, the, the homosexuals and the lesbians that are all being rounded up and sent to camps. It's very German-esque, communist slash socialist slash, you know, the one of the women, the women who controls all the handmaids, they're all dressed in brown like communists in Russia. It's very, and you have all these guards walking around with guns. It's very... It's a very crazy show, but it's like, it's kind of a, a lesson in what happens when you're not paying attention. And like today, <laughs> what's crazy is this book was written in 1984. And I, I want to read the book to see how much of it was changed to fit modern day, but how things, how the power grab happened is they're all on digital currency. No more paper currency. Now I think, by the end of July, the United States is rolling out our version of digital currency. And as you know, from the pandemic, they've been trying to get us off paper currency. There's a lot of places that no longer take paper currency. You remember when the semi-truck drivers were protesting in Canada The when they're trying to force them to get inoculated? And they're like, we're in semi-trucks by ourselves all day long. Only yeah. time we see people is at the truck stops when we can fuel up and not be around people. And so they staged the, the sit-in. Do you know how that came to an end? How's that? Canada has a digital currency. And Canadian government has control over your bank accounts. And the Canadian government said, hey, if you guys don't fucking go home, we're going to freeze your assets. You're not going to be able to make your car payments on your semi-trucks. You're not going to be able to pay your employees. You're not going to be able to pay your rent. So they were able to shut down a nationwide protest by threat of freezing people's assets. Well, in this movie, they go back to the olden ways where women lose all the rights. They're no longer to work. They're no longer allowed to vote. They're no longer allowed to own property or anything. And since they're all in digital currency, they all wake up one day and they have no money. Their money has been transferred into the bank accounts of their male siblings or their husbands. All every woman in the fucking country is fired from their jobs. And they go back to 1950s, 40s style. You're a fucking housewife. Your job is to take care of the house and have kids. And if you can't have kids, we're gonna. if you're a, a woman of stature, we're going to bring in one of these handmaidens that your husband gets to 
basically rape once a month until they get pregnant. And it's a very crazy show, but it's, there's a lot of like, this shit's not too far fetched. The digital currency and controlling the people, which is why DeSantis is like, you know, we're not doing that digital currency shit here in Florida. You know, and I'm, I've been saying this for a while, not even the government control side, but let's just say we people want universal digital currency and get rid of paper currency. Do we forget how many places on this planet don't have fucking internet or electricity? <laughs> you want to talk about keeping the poor fucking people poor. Um, how is digital currency going to work in small towns in South Africa? Yeah. Fucking Alaska. South America. There's These villages in, in the rainforest. There's places in the United States. Eastern Kentucky. That, that their their card machines barely work. Yeah. But we want digital currency. Yeah. No. I think it'll never happen. And I'm just responsible too. I don't have any paper currency. But it's like we all almost need to start fighting back by using paper currency. But it, it'll never happen. It's, it's going to go away. Yeah. But once it goes away, you see it in China. China has a social credit score. You've heard about that? Mm-mm. Look it up. I'm not making this shit up. It's readily been reported on. It's not conspiracy. China has the credit the social credit score, and here's how it works. If you're a good so- citizen, you do what's expected of you by the government, your social credit score is affected positively. You make some shit on, comments on the internet because China's a communist country. They don't appreciate your social credit score gets dinged. It affects your ability to buy shit. It affects your ability to get certain jobs. And if you're real bad, they can control your travel because your ATM will only work in with a 10-mile radius of your fucking house. <laughs> and so they can literally control where you go. Yeah, you can take out... and. Okay, well, we're only going to let you take out so much money a day. So it's not like you can fucking say, we're well, going to pull all the money out of my account and fucking run away. They are controlling people because they got cameras all over the fucking place, digital yeah. currency, and they control everything you do. And I'm so glad I was born in 1978 because I will see the beginning of this bullshit and then it'll be with my kids and my grandkids to fucking deal with the rest of it because I'll be signing off. But it's scary. We're seeing the beginning. It's it's. I mean, I don't want to sound like conspiracy nut, but this shit's com- all coming true. Once we get digital currency and our paper currency is gone, we're gonna be wishing we listened to those crazy people. So you need to buy gold and silver. Because <laughs> I, I think we're, and we have been for a while, we're on the edge of a another civil war. I think. I think it's already started socially and digitally. Social, well, sure. Yeah. There, there's a lot of divide. There's a lot of back and forth. But I have a, I have a feeling that, you know, at some point it's going to start to turn seriously physical. You know what the solution is? Everybody just needs to fucking go fishing after work and get off the goddamn internet. That's right. Go camping. Go fishing. Go outside. Take some money out of your bank account. Force businesses to take and you know where that started? That should start in the airplanes. The airplanes were the first place that no longer took paper currency. The official United States tender. 
And then during the pandemic, oh, well, you can get germs through the transmission of money. So we're no longer, oh, how can fucking convenient? Yeah. And I get it from the business standpoint. If you no longer take paper currency, you don't have to worry about your employees fucking uh, skimming off the register. Yeah. No longer have to worry about the bank man, the office manager forgetting, or the store manager forgetting to make that deposit that night. You know how many like fast food restaurants have the 18 to 20 year old shit dick store manager who accidentally forgets to deposit that money yeah. until the next morning because they went out and made a quick investment. <laughs> I mean, that's what the remember Empire Records. Yeah, that's what the plot line of Empire Records was. The store manager he was he took the money, went to Vegas, thought he could double the money and couldn't make the deposit, and everything went south. But yeah, we uh, I don't know, man. I want to get started on bricks. Are you familiar with that? What's that? That is um, oh, let me give you the current rundown. Brick states, bricks nation. So. I've heard of it. Post, I think, World War II, maybe Vietnam. The United States money oh, became yeah, the official about, yeah. reserve currency. Oil yeah, is we, traded we only about in... a little bit. Oil is only traded in American currency until recently. Yeah. So BRICS is an acronym for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And more nations are joining in. Basically... Um, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, I think Iran and a couple of the normal dirty players are getting together and they're creating their new reserve currency. Yeah. Um, it's going to be digital currency, maybe in paper currency. They're going to probably pick, it'll probably be China's money or maybe even Russia's money. But they're trying to stop paying for their bills and trading in the American dollar. Yeah. And if more countries follow suit... The less people who use the American dollar, the less value it will have, and it will we will deal with more inflation, and it's just another way to bring us down as being the powerhouse of the nation of the world. Yeah, and it'll affect us as citizens greatly because I mean, let's talk about inflation. I mean, I went to McDonald's and I got three combo meals, nothing else, Big Mac combo. 10-piece nugget combo, quarter-pounder combo, $35. Mm-hmm. Remember, you could go drop $40 on two people at a fucking steakhouse. Now you're getting three shitty combo meals for $37 at McDonald's. So, Yep. And no one pays attention to any of this stuff. And if you bring it up, people just roll their heads and back their eyes and like, oh, here we go, crazy talk. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Crazy Talk. We want to thank each and every one of you for continued support of the What's In Your Head podcast. And if you want to share your support, please head over to whatsinyourhead.com or d-410.com. Click and sign on the Patreon link. Sign up, subscribe. It'll cost you a dollar a month. It goes a long way to support what we do. And if you haven't done so, please head over to Yahoo. Yahoo. That's all I Head over to Yahoo. Head over to YouTube.com. Look for Digital 410 Media or Digital 410. Actually, D410 Media or Digital 410 like, subscribe, watch our videos, and email us at info at d-410.com. And um, we're still finding our way on our new format. Um, we're going to try to get down to one or two single topic per show, but we haven't been around for a few weeks, so we're just getting caught up. And Gordon will probably be back in a few months. 
And um, But for right now, me and Mike, and we'll probably bring in some rotating guest hosts as well. We want to thank each and every one of you for continuing to stick it out with us. And uh, we're going to do our best to bring you quality programming that you've come to not expect from us. But thank you, everybody. And we will talk to you all next week. This has been a Digital 410 production. Ha, ha, ha.